Welcome to the Doxa Dialogue Podcast. My name is David Rudy. I'm the pastor at Doxa Church, and this is a podcast about living life on mission for the glory of God. Today, we have at the table with us one of our friends, one of our favorite voices, Sally Enns. Hello, everybody. It's good to be back with you. Yeah, great to have you tonight, Sally. How have you been doing? Been doing well. Same old, same old, but it's been good. 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 And we also have Jeremy. Hello, world. Hey, guys. I uh, I hear we've been talking a lot about steak, actually, as as, uh, as we've just been waiting to record this. And we are also talking about an incident that you had. Uh, yeah. So it just, it just perfectly leads into our topic tonight of joy, as <laughs> today I've really had my joy stolen from me, per se. You know, I've allowed it to happen. So... <laughs> I'm at very real, transparent. Uh, oh, yeah. Here. <laughs> That's my life. So I work about 30 minutes from home, and I start getting texts and calls from my wife, just her just kind of freaking out, And which this does happen because we have two toddlers, and a lot of crazy things happen with them. <laughs> but turns out that our toilet is clogged, and she had been trying for like 30 minutes to an hour using the plunger. And like it would go down and she tried flushing it and it would just overflow. And oh, she sent me a picture of literally every single towel we own on the floor just <laughs> soaking wet surrounding the toilet, <laughs> not being able to fix it at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she actually does come to uh, – I, I work at Johnson's Ace Hardware for those of you guys who don't know. Shout out. And uh, she – Get your hardware equipment. She <laughs> uh, picked up – It's it, it's like a – it almost looks like a bazooka, but it's for the <laughs> toilet and it just – Blast water through, oh, um, didn't wow. work, and wow. then also picked up something that attaches to a garden hose that's supposed to blast any clog through. Also didn't work at all. Everything tried so many things. We ended up taking the toilet off, uh, <laughs> took the drain snake, which is metal, to both sides. Ended up breaking the drain oh, snake, no. trying to get the clog out. Unbelievable. And got to a point where she's like, "Just buy a new toilet." And, of course, me being a very humble man, I was like, I'm going to get this. <laughs> I'm going to get this. <laughs> the challenge is right. on. Right. So right. 30 minutes later, I bought a new toilet and <laughs> get it installed. So the logical thing was to break open the old one and to find out what it was. Uh, my two-year-old, Luna, decided to flush her diaper down the toilet. <gasps> so if you're ever wondering if a diaper is good enough to hold anything 30 pounds of, of yeah dead, dead like water weight breaking a <laughs> drain snake made of metal then yes it, it works very well and so. this is why we have to talk about joy because uh, this is life right these oh, kind of things it was happen so frustrating my wife and i were arguing and yeah my kids were getting on my nerves just because they were near me and it was just it was just not good at all oh dude. yeah we've all days. been there yeah, oh, yeah we've all been there I'm sorry, man. I'm glad you have a new toilet, though. Like, oh, it's great. That's, that's we wanted refreshing. a new one anyway. So yeah. it's perfect. Nice fresh <laughs> right. one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, right. My wife and I actually got back uh, last week from Florida, so we had a had a great time there. And that's how the whole steak conversation came up. Didn't mean to just throw that out there randomly, uh, but yeah, we had a nice a nice trip to Florida. Had a nice meal with some other pastors and their wives that are also church planners. So very good refreshing time and we also have some exciting times in the life of our church brother aslam is going to be skyping in tonight and at 
after midnight, I will be talking with the whole underground church there in Pakistan. They saw some teaching from our church, and so there's going to be a Q&A, and it's just going to be a really cool time. So I will definitely give you a report next week on how all that is going. Yeah, that's, that's such a cool thing to be a part of and to see just the freedom and the celebration going on over there and just having a small part. Yeah. We're playing a very small part, but it just feels so great to be a part of it. They built this baptistry, you know, these former slaves, like they're, they're baptizing so many new believers over there. And I'm going to find, I'm probably going to get to meet, I'm going to try to take some videos of this, but I'm probably going to get to meet the person that our church freed from slavery as well. That's great. Well, today, you know, what we're already talking about, we're talking about joy. And that is something that everyone wants. You know, we all desire to have this most of our lives, but few people actually enjoy the feeling of being joyful for the majority of their life. And I would say for the common American, 90% of our life is spent pursuing joy, chasing joy, talking about joy, looking at joy in other people's uh, social media accounts and what's going on in their lives. And we are just trying to even hold on to joy when we actually have it. But what if we could flip that? What if we could be filled with joy for, say, 90% of our life whenever we don't have, like, a clogged toilet? (laughs) And and through all the ups and the downs that life throws at you, still maintain a presence that is not angry or upset or hurt or wounded, which is a pretty tough, tough ask, right? Because a lot of things do happen in life that are very negative in our fallen world. But in Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, he says something really profound about this. We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. And this is like the area right around Philippi. So this would include the Philippian church. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. You see two things there that aren't usually like said in the same sentence, right? Extreme poverty and joy. And those things work together in an overflow of generosity. Despite that severe test of affliction, the people in these churches had overflowing joy to the point that they were still generous. So that tells us right there that joy is different than happiness because joy isn't dependent on what you do or what other people do to you. Joy is found in someone who transcends all of life and that's our Savior, Jesus Christ. Today, we want to help you flip that 90-10% paradigm, and we're going to talk about how to find joy, how to keep joy, despite life circumstances. So kind of as, David, you mentioned, there is this constant struggle amongst most, if not all of us in pursuing a lasting joy. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we kind of all know our, our moments of, of happiness. Like, what, what makes you guys happy? Wow. That makes you happy. Mm-hmm. I know, I'm always asking these deep questions deep every time. Theological yeah, question. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that make me happy. Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, it is not, I mean, you don't yeah. go crazy with yeah. this. Yeah, I mean, playing with, with my kids, yeah. having a nice, you know, date with my wife, going on a walk. And getting some sunshine that always, like, soothes the soul. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Sally? Um, Spending time with family, lunchtime, unexpected snow. Mm, That always 
lunchtime. That's a, such a yeah. beautiful time of the day. It is a glorious time. <laughs> Lunch in the snow would be great. <laughs> but yeah, these are these are just moments. You know, you don't they don't last for days unless you're just constantly doing it. But even after those days, these these moments of happiness and mm-hmm. so joy. How how do we find a, a lasting joy that's something more than a moment of of happiness i think one of the issues i mean there's there's a lot here of course that we could unpack in our issues but one of the issues i see as as christians is our response to heaven and our response to christ we a lot of times and I'm, i'm including myself in this we a lot of times as Christians, we will talk about uh, the main reward when it comes to Christ as, you know, really kind of, quote unquote, letting us into heaven, you know, where it's it's an escape from the, the things of this world and it's escape from all the all the murder and all the pain and all the sadness. Right. So we, we view this reward uh, of Christ as being an escape from the world. And what that does a lot of times is it causes us to view our circumstances now as uh, dreadful uh, or uh, maybe we almost have like a victim mentality yeah. and like a like a prisoner yeah kind of feel. It could even sometimes lead us to ask why God like why mm-hmm. why me you know. You're you're a good God. Why are you letting the, these things happen? Like, gosh, yeah. I can't wait. Just like, just take me now, so I can experience heaven. So I don't have to go through all these things, yeah. as if the reward is somewhere else. You know, mm-hmm. like that's a vacation. Mm-hmm. Vacation is going somewhere else to get away from where we are now. Yeah, like escapism, and it's and it's devaluing like God's creation and how He's actually made us to enjoy like this earth and he will create a new heaven and a right. new earth. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I don't want to, I don't want to like steal any thunder here. This is, I love where this no, is it's, going. It's though. not my thunder. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Heaven is going to be great. You know, it's going to be a place where there's not going to be the distractions of this world, but it will not be for a reason that we don't have access to now. Mm-hmm. You know, heaven is going to be an, etern- an eternity inhibited, uh, with uninhibited access to, to God Himself. Uh, Amen. But we have to remember that we've got access to that same God now. Mm-hmm. So, our reward is not going to be going to a better place like we're going on vacation somewhere. <laughs> you know, you can pay money for that, for that moment of happiness. True. Our reward is Christ himself for all who believe in him. We have access to that same glory right now. So we don't have to wait. We don't have to wait for heaven. We don't have to feel sad or, or burdened or have, like you said, that victim mentality mm-hmm. that we're, we're here now because we've got access to the same God that those who are in heaven right now are worshiping. Yeah, it's like when we think of life as one day this will happen and one day I'll I'll get this and there's always that next thing that I'm looking for, right? And, right? and a lot of times even Christians can fall into that trap where it's like only focused on eternity 
and we miss the joy that we can have right now because Christ, like you're saying, Christ is with us right now yeah. and he wants us to enjoy life right now. So that's a great point. Absolutely. Right. We can't delight in things more than Christ himself, even if, I mean, it just goes back to always having the conversation like, a lot of times it, it is good. Most of the time it is. That's why we, we like it. Mm-hmm. But if we choose to delight as our ultimate reward, if it is not Christ, then it's not going to bring that everlasting joy. We also have to remember that even, you know, even the Father himself, God the Father, delights in Jesus Christ. And if he does as the Father, <laughs> then we certainly will as his creation. There's a quote by John Owen that I thought was very fitting. And he says, do any of us find a lukewarmness uh, or a spiritual stupidity, a senselessness coming upon us? Well, there's no better way for our healing than this, a fresh view of the glory of Jesus Christ and abiding therein. And I just thought it was just, just in that simple phrase that if there is any lukewarmness, any, like he said, spiritual stupidity or just a sense of just lostness, I guess, that our healing can come from a view of his glory and living in that view. And he actually wrote something else after having to bury 10 children of his Oh, wow. Which, you know, as a father, if, if I lost even one of my children, would be devastating. But he had lost 10 of his children and had to bury them. And he wrote, a due contemplation of the glory of Christ will restore and compose the mind. And this is not coming as some man who is, you know, super holy where he just has the strength to just, you know, just to be joyful. Mm-hmm. He was a broken man who understood that it was only living in the glory of Jesus Christ that he could have joy and a clear mind. So, yeah, it's just really about knowing where we put our delight and knowing what our true reward is. Because when we think that a reward is anything else other than Christ, then it will not be pleasing and it will not bring ultimate joy. And we just have to always compare. Like, what in your life right now is bringing you the most pleasure? What are you delighting in most right now? And compare that thing to Jesus. You know, if it's money, like, does it bring ultimate security? Is it everlasting, you know? Or if it's relationships, like, does this person promise to be able to fulfill and satisfy all emotional, spiritual needs. You know, like every single thing that we are choosing to delight in right now, compare it to Jesus Christ, and then you will see and be reminded that it is only his glory that we can find that joy. So have any of you ever played golf out there on the golf course? Does top golf count? <laughs> Are we talking real golf? You know what? I would say that's real golf, but for the sake of this story where I'm going, it's not quite what I'm looking for. No, just like, just putt-putt for me. Okay. <laughs> Which is real enough. You know? All of our avid golfers out there, listeners, are just like, oh, we need to help these people it's out. It's not Jeremy and I. Yeah. Hey, if you want to take me golfing and want to pay for everything and buy yeah. me lunch or dinner, 
Come on, hey, I'll go. Support support our podcast team, right. and we will all be there. But, okay, so if you've ever gone golfing, and I used to work at a golf course when I was in high school, so this happened to me all the time. Like, I could play as much as I wanted, and I actually played all the time. I'd go play basketball, then I'd go play golf. And uh, I would just show up and play with whoever was out there. Sometimes I would play with friends, but a lot of times I would just join up a random group of people. And... In golf, something always stuck out to me when I did this. The people who seemed like they should just be enjoying life and having a grand old time out there were often not the, not the people who were really having fun out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you played nine holes and you played with like a millionaire, you played with his son or maybe a, a poor like night shift 20-year-old, Believe it or not, most of the time, you would think, oh, well, the person has a lot of money. They're going to be the person who's, like, joking around, having fun. No, it's always the carefree, like, 20-year-old who is just out there to have a good time that's not, like, upset about his handicap. That's the person who's more more joyful. So I actually have a, a quick story that kind of, like, is an example of that. Yeah. Uh, so where my, this make me sound super bougie. I'm not, I promise. <laughs> but where my parents live, where I used to live, there's a, we had a country club. Yeah. Uh, with, oh, with a golf oh course. yeah. Yeah. I know. In New England. This was in New England. Ladies. No, this is actually North Carolina. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> uh, so this is Durham, North Carolina. And Michael Jordan is a, is a member of this country club. He used to live in the neighborhood once, uh, once again. Anyway. Oh, yep. See? Okay. Yeah. See? yeah. <laughs> it was called Tory Pines. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, so my sister was, uh, she's like, she'd serve drinks and food to the golfers. Like she'd just have her golf right. cart, you know, driving around and she served Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson one time. Oh, wow. She said they were just the worst people oh. ever. <laughs> like you would expect them to be like great. Like, you know, they're, they're living their retirement. Like, yeah. Don't worry about anything. Yeah. No, just super rude and just honorary. And yeah. So yeah, oh. just, it just reminded me like, that's a prime example. Of, it's so sad, but it's so, right. it's so true. I mean, on the golf course, it's, it's very, very played out because you really see people's yeah. true character. It comes out, out yeah. you know, when you're swinging the clubs out there. Absolutely. But money, status, looks—they actually don't have bearing. Talent, like you're just talking, like Michael Jordan, like they really don't have bearing on joy. So every person who has ever been to the top of the mountain, they've never stayed on the top of the mountain. And on their descent, if you really listen to those interviews, you can catch a common theme. They always talk about how money or success won't buy you happiness. And happiness is different than joy. I think it's very important to understand that. Happiness is a feeling and joy is actually, like as Jeremy was talking about, it's a byproduct of something much deeper. So Jesus tells us in John 15, 11, and I'm really just continuing the same, the same point that Jeremy had. But in John 15, 11, uh, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and your joy may be full. So first of all, just with that one verse, Jesus's joy may be in you. That's that's a whole different concept, right? Like that's different a different kind of joy than most of us think about. And he equates his joy with our joy being full. Well, how do you do that? Well, to do that, we need to back up and look at those preceding verses. So 
John chapter 15, verse 1. I'm just going to read 1 through 11. This is what it says. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. And then we have verse 11. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. So there's really two things there. Two commands, right? Abide in Christ and love others. And this would fall right in line with looking at Jesus and running to him in his glory and delighting in that. It doesn't matter what people say to you. It doesn't matter how hard life is. If you're abiding in Christ and living a life of love, you are going to emanate the love of Christ. There are people in life who are I'd like to just say, like, joy suckers. I mean, they just suck joy right out of the room. They walk in, it's like, oh, man, I have to say this, or I have to watch my piece. You know what I mean? Have you ever been in a room like that where you just everybody gets up tight when that person walks in? When we react to people like that, what we're doing is we're letting them control us. And we're more focused on that person or that, aura or presence that they bring into the room, then we are focused on shining the light of Christ. If you want to live on mission for the glory of God, you can't let other people control you and dictate your emotions. You need to abide in Christ and fill your heart and mind with the truth of who Jesus is. And then his love is stronger than fear. You and I can make an astounding difference in our dark world when we radiate joy, even when our circumstances say we're not supposed to have a smile. The question I would like to pose and investigate today is, can joy be chosen or is it really only a result of one's current circumstance? Mm-hmm. I love how all of these are just building off of each other. Yeah, I know. Did we plan <laughs> just this? Just adding layers upon layers. Yeah. Yeah. This is layer three. Um, I found an article with the Huffington Post, just okay. an interesting article about psychology of joy. And yeah. they are saying that psychology research suggests that we all have a happiness set point. Okay. Sort of like an equilibrium for our happy happiness. Yeah. Does it have to like do with our expectations kind of thing? Sort of. It's saying that whenever something positive happens to us or when something negative happens to us, 
once the initial shock of that is gone, we all return to an equilibrium of mm. our base happiness. Oh, base. So, like, what oh. you are, kind of like your constant, your whatever your normal might be. Yeah. So, Interesting. So everyone's like might be a little different. Like some people might be just naturally more happy than others, and mm-hmm. some just yeah. Now that you say that, it actually does make sense. We have these highs and lows, and then we always settle back down. Yeah, yeah. to our normal set point. Hmm. Interesting. But it is also believed that to a certain point, we can actually reset our equilibrium. It's saying that besides our upbringing and circumstances, we can actually elect to be 40% happier by our conscious everyday decisions. Yeah, this is cool because this is like, you know, just a purely scientific, like secular approach to it all. Yeah. But like I've seen this happen, right? When when yeah. somebody like comes to Jesus, like a grumpy old guy that's like bitter at life, he comes to Christ and then his personality just like blossoms into a, a joyful, right. pleasant person. Hmm. It's a, it's remarkable to see that. Yeah, like finding Christ is such a life-altering thing that happens it resets your equilibrium yeah yeah Yeah. that's so true so let me ask you a question what in your opinion do you think would be a practical way you could choose to be more joyful in your daily life we'll start with you david oh right oh yeah put me right on the spot in your everyday life i would say um probably making a conscious effort to sometimes speak out loud either maybe in a prayer to God or maybe even just saying thank you to someone like to identify those things if it's something that you notice somebody's doing they're going out of their way like and you notice it like once or twice say something to them like Sally I appreciate how you always have that smile and you know just something like that I think that probably could probably reset some of that yeah. Equilibrium. Linger on the little positive moments in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's good. That's good. What about you, Jeremy? So I, I think for me, I'm reminded of of a saying that I've heard Matt Chandler say a lot. Um, he, he would say, "It's okay to not be okay. It's just not okay to stay there." Yeah. And what that saying is, it's okay that you're not enough. It's okay that you know you're not the most successful or, or things are not necessarily going your way. But by saying it's not okay to stay there, as in like it's it's not okay to wallow in those moments or that identity mm-hmm. because Christ is our freedom from it. So, yes, reminding yourself that it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to, to stay there because Christ is our freedom mm-hmm. from yeah. from that. Yeah. And it's like if you if you do start thinking about Christ, you probably aren't gonna you're not gonna be able to stay there forever. Right, exactly. You know I mean? like, so like knowing who you are and then like, okay, like Christ is is how I get out of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a I don't mean I'll let you get back no, that's at okay. this, Sally. I thought of one more thing here too though, because I just heard recently uh, a sermon about God, the God of all comfort. And he was in the the Second Corinthians chapter one passage, just talking about how it's it's so 
evident that Paul was going through severe, severe trials, but that those things made him a deeper person and a more effective person to reach people's hearts. Right. You know, like going through suffering in life, yeah, it sucks, but God does use those things, turn them on their heads. It makes us a more more mature person and we can rely more on him and we can be much more effective at shining light, showing people who Jesus is when we've gone through those hard things. So that's why when we're in that place that we're not okay, you know what? It's, it's okay, right? Because God's going to use this and we just need to realize one of the ways when we focus on Jesus is thinking, how can Jesus use this in my life? Right. Just view it as kind of like a, a training kind of thing. Like God is bringing you through a training for something that will bring him much glory. Yeah. Exactly. It's amazing. All the times you'll look back on in your life, something very hard, and you look back and you're like, but that set me right up right. for this blessing mm-hmm. or this lesson, and it's helped me. You know, God always, he has a plan. Totally. What I was thinking in my life is a lot of times something that steals my joy would be the feeling of hopelessness. Not that I always feel hopeless, but a lot of times when we have a tough situation or if we're in a tough, you know, season of life, we begin to feel hopeless and that just crushes your joy. Like, you know, diaper stuck in the toilet. (laughs) Hopeless. Very hopeless. Joy stealing situation. Yes. Um, it's it's hard to find joy in those hopeless moments, but luckily for us, we always have hope in Jesus Christ. No matter how tough things get, there's always hope, and that's a that's so good. Just a good constant reminder that the lowest point of your life, there's hope still. Things may not always turn out the way we plan, but we can always count on Him to have that plan for our lives. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. That's such a beautiful reminder of the hope and authentic joy that only comes through a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Amen. And lastly, just back on the psychologist train, I just, I deep dived into yeah, psychology. Yeah, very interesting stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, psychologist William James stated that the greatest discovery of any generation is that a human can alter his life by altering his attitude. Yeah. So a lot of times, you know, if we just alter our attitude, realize that we're blessed and there's hope in Jesus Christ always. Right. um, We may not have control over everything, but we certainly, we have control over that aspect. Yeah. Even when you're in those moments in life that are just completely frustrating, like the the diaper clogging the toilet, you didn't even know what it was. And you're just like, you had to just buy a new toilet all, all out, you know, even in something like that, wherever, whatever that is for you, maybe it's a flat tire, you know, maybe it's like a family situation. You know what? You got through it, right? Like oh, it kind of yeah. took half a day, but now I'm it's okay done. Now. And now you yeah. can laugh about it. And it, it's a story now. Right. I mean, that's the way life is, right? There, There is going to be a next thing. There's always going to be something that comes down the pike that's that's just not cool. But we have hope in something so much bigger. You know, we don't live this this life just for pleasure and comfort. Like as a as a believer who follows Jesus, we live and we work through suffering and work through the down ups and the downs just because we know we have a greater mission to glorify God. 
And, and that will help us remember that, hey, these things are going to pass. Like, I'm going to get through this. It's going to move on. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for speaking that. You know, just these reminders of these moments in life, remembering that they are moments. And God is forever. God is eternal. His joy is eternal. So rest in that. Thanks for listening to the Docs of Dialogue podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, please do share it with your friends. Uh, we all know somebody out there that could probably use a reminder about the joy that we have in Jesus Christ. And if this is um, maybe bringing up some more questions that you have, I know we're hitting a really big, deep topic, and we talked about it for 35 minutes here, but maybe you want to talk more about it. You can always reach out to us, info at doxaupstate.church. You can direct message us on our Instagram page, doxa underscore dialogue. But we are so glad that you take the time to listen, and it's, it's a really fun community that we have. So we appreciate your support. Like us, subscribe, and please do spread the word, and we will see you again next week. You are loved.